0: Because I mean, you got stunts, Anthony's growth, or hinders his early development. Not having the next one. Well, sure. Look, when you don't have a great player, I mean.
1: But I don't think it stunts his growth. No, not at all. It doesn't help. But... Hey, but it doesn't. I mean, I don't know. Did it stun Andrew's growth without a special back? Uh, Rita, I believe the answer to that is yes. Yes. It's stunted his career because he is no longer in the NFL and, and retired early. Uh, welcome Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick to brother from another ladies first Friday. How are you doing? Hey.
2: I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I cannot wait to uh, drag Chris Ballard in about five <laughs> seconds here.
1: <laughs> I, I'm so, <laughs> and you know what? Um, the Twitter. Sh- oh, I'm sorry. The X Streets. The X Streets.
2: <laughs> Twitter. Mama named the Twitter. I'm gonna name it. I'm gonna call it Twitter. So anyway,
1: formerly known as Twitter. Have been dragging him relentlessly, but um, I I don't understand what he's saying because he's like, did it affect Andrew Luck? And the answers are resounding. Yes, it did. Like you didn't think that answer through very um, well when you responded. So I was so confused. I mean, how many injuries did he go through? What reason does he think that Andrew Luck ended his his career? I, I just really truly and perplexed by his response.
2: So uh, this is a little complex, right? Because in terms of a running back, um, did it, you know, shorten Andrew Luck's uh, growth in terms of his career? No. And here's why. Andrew Luck and Anthony Richardson are completely different quarterbacks. Andrew Luck was one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks I have ever seen come out of college, personally, and go to the NFL. Um, Anthony Richardson, on the other hand, has a ceiling that's extremely high, but is not pro-ready as of yet. He relies a lot on his legs. He relies a lot on play action to do the things that he needs to do, which means that you need to have a good running back to do that. So to compare Anthony Richardson to Andrew Luck is malpractice within itself simply because they're not even the same type of quarterback and they didn't come out of college as the same type of quarterback one was considered a generational guy off the bat one is considered uh, a guy that has a lot of potential but it's not yet yet where a, a franchise would need them to be but they cannot let him get away because the potential is just too high The problem that I have with his comment, though, is that, okay, so you can sit here and say a running back didn't hinder Andrew Luck's growth, but you know what did hinder Andrew Luck's growth? An offensive line, because he ain't have that. And that's the reason why he retired early, because he was tired of getting beat down to the ground like he was every Sunday. So it's nice of you to sit here and try to, to, to make apples and oranges fit in the same box, in which they can't, but there were other reasons why Andrew Luck's growth was hindering. It's because you didn't build a wall in front of him to allow him to be the quarterback that you wanted him to be. But again, Anthony Richardson is not Andrew Luck. He needs Jonathan Taylor. He's going to need him to execute the play action to allow him to pass downfield, because you know what? If you watch game tape at Florida, that's what you would have noticed that they were successful in doing. And so for him to say that is is disingenuous. Um, it's it's a lie, uh, amongst other things, and this is why coach speak, GM speak is just you got to take things with a grain of salt. Of course, he's going to try to say those things, but we but if you know these guys, these quarterbacks specifically, you know that the truth is in the the proof is in the pudding, and that Anthony Richardson is not Andrew Luck in that regard at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was just being a little defiant you know um he was being bombarded with a lot of questions there was a lot on Jonathan Taylor why the decision was made and then it moved to how is this going to affect um you know Anthony Richardson and I think he was just a little like maybe not flustered but I think it was just like a little like defiant like we know what we're doing we make our decisions and so they're they're not great decisions. Um, um <laughs> but you know, um to, to to be determined. Uh but yeah, I mean there was so much fallout from this Jonathan Taylor. I mean we've been talking about him all week and you know he's not gonna be available for the first four games of the season. Right. right. He he's remains on the peak the, the, the right. And so how do you think that will just impact them early in the season and impact Anthony Richardson just for those initial four games you know um and then also just with him not playing because then when he gets back it's like is he gonna be ready to just go even when he does get back so I'm wondering it still feels like overall there's gonna be ramifications for their season and for their newly named uh quarterback
2: I mean, obviously, uh, there are going to be some struggles in that regard because, as I, you know, already said, Anthony Richardson relies a lot on play action for to be successful. I'm not saying that he can't be successful, you know, just straight-up throwing uh, passes, called passes, um, but a lot of his success comes from play action because he himself can run, and so you have defenders that are concerned about that um, as well, and so uh, it's going to be an issue in, in terms of well, Jonathan Taylor is one of their best players You know what I mean? And it just so happens to be the guy that is one of their best players that is not going to be playing for the first four weeks is the guy that Anthony Richardson probably would have relied on the most um, based on the way that he plays football. So that's the issue there. Then you bring up the fact that, okay, well, he hasn't played. He hasn't, he came to training camp. I think that he uh, went with the team for the first preseason game. And then after that, you know, is is when he was excused from the team and we didn't hear from him. And then the trade requests uh, started coming in. So now there's a situation of him getting back physically him getting back emotionally, him getting back mentally, all of those things are coming into play because this is a guy that feels like his value is uh, the, the franchise doesn't see his value and that he believes that he needs to be paid as such. And so now you got to go to work for the people that don't value you, in your opinion. And so you feel like you wonder, how is that going to affect the way that he plays once he finally gets back on the field? And how long is it going to take for him to knock the rust off? That Those are the biggest concerns here. I mean, the Colts are ironically are in a bad division that jacksonville should handedly win um and then so they're not necessarily playing for any type of playoff spot they're, they're not going to be that good so i guess you are like okay these are the growing pains but wouldn't you like to have your quarterback have a guy like jonathan taylor a sure fire insurance policy that can help you move the chains be on the field and help him get You know, deal with the stress of being a rookie quarterback, being put in the position that he's in. I just don't understand what's going on with any of this. Just pay the man some money that he's worth or at least somewhere close to what he's worth, because I promise you, if you do that, everything goes away. It's all semantics at this point. Just pay the man the money. He deserves it
1: right well you know you've been saying all along that the colts never really wanted to trade him it doesn't no. sound like they were feeling in good faith anyway they did not come to the table with clean hands um because they're saying that they don't you know that you know iris made all these comments oh oh you know running backs blah, blah 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 they you know doesn't basically value them that highly but then the asking price was quite high for jonathan taylor so you either value him or you don't um i know this organization has a history with running backs anyway, um, and how they treat them and pay them. So, you know, it just, it's unfortunate for him, you know, he is not going to get paid by the Colts, but you know who did get paid? TJ Hawkinson got paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while it he did. is not a running back, he got paid handsomely. Yes, did. Historically. Historically. <laughs> One of the biggest, yeah, biggest deals for, uh, a tight end in NFL history, which is great. I'm never going to hate on any anybody getting their their um, chicken, but <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> but it's a little interesting because you know when you look at and look, it's not drastically higher than like a Darren Waller, but he right now is the highest paid. And when you look at some of the names on this list, Super Bowl champions, Travis Kelsey. You know, um, you see some of the other names on here that he's being paid higher than all of them. It's interesting. I I think that's sort of my initial takeaway. Again, never, you, you are worth what someone is willing to pay you. So I'm not knocking him for the contract that he gets he sort of reset the market so the Steelers may not like that he did that but he reset (laughs) the market so I mean it's a good thing for other tight ends that have to get paid but I just thought it was notable that he received this contract and he may not necessarily be the best one um on that list
2: yeah, I mean, I, I like T.J. Hawkinson a lot. Um, he was with the Detroit Lions and got traded to the Vikings mid-season, which is crazy within itself, right? Because that's an in-division trade. And so I think now we understand why the Lions traded him, because they probably weren't going to pay him. Um, He probably asked for the money that he got, and the Lions probably said, nah, we ain't going to do that. So we're going to go ahead and trade you somewhere to somebody who's willing to do that, which was probably the Vikings. Um, I like Hawkinson. I think that he is a value player uh, on the teams that he's on. Um, but when you look at that list of guys that he's gotten paid over, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, it's it's ridiculous. And look, I understand how contracts work. I understand that the values of contracts increase every single year for specific skill players. So I understand that the the contracts that we saw on the board already, Mark Andrews getting 14 million, um, Travis Kelsey 14.3 million. I understand that those are previous contracts and they've been paid previous years. So the market is always going to increase. My point is, though, is that even with the, market's in- the market increasing, he's still not worth more than Mark Andrews and what he got two years ago or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. He's not. And so when you look at the guys that he got paid over, maybe you can make an argument for Goddard, Dallas Goddard. It, that potentially he could go there but every other person that he got paid more than he's not better than and so just because the market increases doesn't necessarily mean that a guy should just get the best contract because you feel like he's a top 10 player well he's not a top three tight end so i don't understand why he's getting paid more than the three tight ends in my opinion which is going to be kelsey andrews and kittle why would you be giving him more money just because the market tells you that you have to give tight ends you know increasing money every single year oh yeah by the way while we're decreasing the value of running backs but it's just funny to me that as good as I think he is as a player that now he is the highest tight end and many people probably didn't even know who he was prior to getting paid the way that he did but kudos to him and his agent because that's a good fleecing I ain't mad at the end of the day get your money get paid go ahead get paid
1: (laughs) shout out to him shout out to him um, but you know what I'm excited about? You know what I'm excited about? Joey B is back. My God, mm. Joe Burrow is back. Because I'm a big I'm Joe not. Fan. I'm not. I'm excited. not excited. I understand the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand why you may not appreciate that. But I do. I do. I really, I really enjoy him. I, I, I like Joe Burrow. And so it was good. But it was good to see him back on the field. And look, the test will truly be like playing, right, in a game because practice is never going to really truly reflect the conditions of, of, you know, being on the field, playing on game day. But he looks good. He looked good. was throwing passes and, you know, um, the way everyone was speaking, his teammates, coaches... You know, yeah, I love this. He announced on his IG story. You know, <laughs> but um, you know, I think that um, everyone seems positive. You know, like the coach commit completely to saying that he would play game one, but I think that's just like, I think that's smoke. I think, I think he's gonna be playing. What do you think, Rita?
2: I mean, you know, you you gotta make that the possibility, right? Because Joey Burrow is the best quarterback that, that that team has obviously by a long shot and, and even with the, the wide receivers and the weapons that they have around him um, and any quarterback that would come in he still gives that team the best chance to win you do wonder how cautious they're going to be because we've heard Jamar Chase talking and saying well you know I'm surprised that he came back I thought that he should wait a couple of weeks um, and into the season to come back because I think that what happened is that that injury was probably a little bit more dangerous of a tear than what we've been perceived to to be told. Um, And so you're wondering, you know, how healthy he is. But I also understand that, you know, Joe Burrow is a competitor. He wants to get back out there on the field. and He wants to try to be out there for his teammates. And look, yes, he plays for the Bengals. Obviously, as a a Ravens fan and a person that, you know, watches the Ravens on a regular basis, I'm I'm not thrilled about it. But I think that he's a, a great Quarterback. I think he's a great competitor and he's great for the National Football League. You just want to make sure if you're the Bengals, that you're not putting him into the fire too soon because you don't want to re-aggravate an injury and make it worse than it already is. So it will be interesting because the Ravens do play the Bengals week two. Uh so if I had to guess, if he's not ready by week one, we're definitely going to see him out there week two because there's some bad blood going on between those two teams. I, I gotta assume that he'll be. Back by this,
1: can they risk though? Like starting their season without him for a few games. I I mean, it's one of the toughest. You know, it's a tough division, tough conference.
2: Exactly, and and again, you play an intra-squad game at the very least at week two. I obviously don't know what their first four games look like, but I know what their second game looks like, and that's their biggest rival in the Ravens, right? And all the talking that we've heard um, in, in the offseason, everybody's fired up after this game, particularly, you know, the Ravens played the Bengals in their last game in the playoffs, and we remember how that ended. So I just don't know how you're able to say, oh, you know, I, I we're going to be able to play without Joe Burrow week two. I definitely think that he's going to try his best to be out there because you don't want to go down 0-1, you know, in terms of your division. You don't want to have that opportunity of saying, we're behind, so now we have to play catch-up. And so it's it's funny because last year the Bengals started 0-3 with Joe Burrow. They struggled. Um And they're going to deal with some struggles as well because I believe Lyle Collins, their offensive tackle that they just got this offseason, is on the pup list. So he's not going to play the first four weeks anyway. So there's going to be some issues there. But obviously, you want Burrow out there, number one, at 100% or at least close to 100% because you don't want him to re-aggravate that injury. But also, he gives you the best chance to compete within his own division, let alone the rest of his schedule.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I'm always for making sure we do what's best for the players' health. Unfortunately, sometimes, sometimes the players, it's the, pl- sometimes it's the it's, players, right? It's the it's all of it, you know, it's a money-making business. The NFL is a money-making business. And, yep. um, you know, so look, we just hope that like they, they they look, they're going to always be a little bit more cautious because it's their quarterback, but yeah. you want to make sure you're not putting him in harm's way. And yep. also, you know, that we want to see, we want to see Joe Burrow do Joe Burrow things on the field. So except week two, back. except week two, except. <laughs> week <with> two. <laughs> okay. For you, for you, my girl, I will, I will. Okay. Because it's not like he's, it's, it's not like it's my team. It's not like he's my QB. I just really like him. So I will not my good dude by.
2: great great player even better person you know what I mean but hey when they when enemy lines get there you got to cross them okay week two, I like, I don't really want to see them do well period because they're in the division maybe if he plays somewhere else I'd be more inclined to be like I really want Joe Burrow to be great but because that he's in the Ravens division I don't want them to be great but I know he's going to do that anyway because that's just the type of player that he is so I know I'm gonna be disappointed a lot of times this
1: season already. <laughs> heard you, heard you. All right. Well, look, there's a quarterback in the AFC that we need to discuss. Cause you know, it's been all like just a great time in New York, right? The Jets, Aaron Rodgers is on as a jet now, and you're seeing pictures of him all summer. He's out of games and he's chilling with Sauce Gardner and Everyone's loving Aaron Rodgers. We're sort of seeing this other side of him. He's bonding with the young guys. He's on the sideline making jokes. And he's sort of likable, right? Like, this Rodgers isn't so bad. I don't know if it was a PR campaign, but it it was a little refreshing, right? And so we almost made it, Rita. We almost made it to the start of the season. But Aaron Rodgers... He had to show himself. He had to show can't, he can't
2: stay out his own way.
1: Show who he was, and so a clip, a clip uh, emerged from from Hard Knocks, right, of him talking a little trash, and it got X, formerly known as Twitter, talking about it. Let's 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 take a look at that and 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 see what transpired.
0: I mean, I bootleg out to the left, flipping it left. Mikael Hardman. Bro, What's that is that? Show some respect, bro. Come on, what the what? is that? Five damn six? I don't know who you are, bro. I don't know who you are. You don't? No, I've never heard you. And the know. officials have not separate Jihad Ward and Aaron Rodgers. Drops back. Lobs one. Front left pylon. It is caught. Garrett Wilson. Oh, it's a jet touchdown. Poke the barrel. I ain't doing that. I'm not hurting you. And I gave him the line. that's uncome back with a bull. I said, "I don't even know who you are." But he said, "He said I don't know who you are." I said, both.
1: <laughs> uncome back with a bull. He couldn't even get that out in a straight. <laughs> get that out, right?
2: Look, I mean, listen. He, it, it's true, right? Like. <laughs> line that you can't come back from but to, and I know who Ward is Ward is a former Raven but I, I, I have to assume that more people know who Aaron Rodgers is <laughs> over Ward I'm going to go ahead and make that make that uh, prediction right now but ultimately, look, it, it, it is definitely a different Aaron Rodgers than we're used to seeing in Green Bay. Um, it's funny because Matt Stafford has been talked about trying to, you know, get with his young players and relate to them, and he doesn't know how to relate to them. Well, Aaron Rodgers is older than Matt Stafford. I believe that they're uh, at least four draft years apart, and they he's doing it just fine. He's hanging out with Sauce Gardner, who's probably old enough to be his son at this point. So I don't know why you are having a problem, Matt Stafford, but it appears that it's okay to do or easy to do if you just talk to some guys sometimes, you know? So uh, it's 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 kind of refreshing to see Aaron Rodgers be like this um, because he's had some negative perceptions about him over the the last couple of years. So this looks like a different Aaron Rodgers, but it also looks like a cocky Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to assume that... I'm going to assume it's because he has a lot more playmakers on this team than he's had on any of his previous Packers teams. And so you got you know, the wide receiving group that you have. You got the running backs that you have because you just got Dalvin Cook. You got the secondary that's good. You got the up front that's good because Quentin Williams is is just got a new contract. So he's probably smelling himself a little bit to the point that in that, that same preseason game, you know that yeah. the Jets and the Giants yeah. play together at MetLife Stadium, and he's calling it Jet Life Stadium, uh-huh. okay? <laughs> so he's smelling himself just a little bit. And to my uh-huh. understanding... They play, um, they play an intra-squad game this year, uh, the Jets and the Giants. Yes, I they feel do. like it needs to be flexed into a, a, a game because I think it's just a regular one PM game. This needs to be flexed. It needs to be a either a quasi. Um uh, primetime game like a 425, or it gotta be a a, a prime time game. This in the Denver Broncos, because all Aaron has done since he's got to New York is talk trash to everybody else. He said don't talk about his coach to yeah. the Broncos, to Sean Payton. He threatened him. Now he's threatening the Ward and telling Ward, you know, you you don't you don't know who I am, because I don't know who you are. I don't know you. Don't touch me. Have some respect. So Something's got to get, we got to get some primetime games out of this at the very least. Cause,
1: cause Aaron is uh, on something right now. He is riding real he high is. right now. He is. And look, look, he is Aaron Rodgers. I, he's not the same Aaron Rodgers, but he is Aaron Rodgers. And with you being Aaron Rodgers, you can, you can start a certain, you can talk a certain way. You can talk Absolutely. a certain way, right? But you, you're Aaron Rodgers. And, and while the Jets do have some nice young pieces and minus the quarterback last year, there were some positives. This is still a team that has not done much in a very, very long time. And so now you're setting them up because now you're talking, you know, y'all are carrying yourselves with a certain kind of swagger, if you will. Um, and and you're you know and and then you guys are appearing on hard knocks and we already know like the reputation of the teams that appear on hard knocks so it's like you know some people are saying this is super bowl or bust and i don't i don't really necessarily believe that this is a super bowl team but like when you talk like this and you you act like this and and you carry on like this y'all better have like a really successful season cuz you know you, you just you chatting you chatting a lot so doing a lot of chatting. You in a division that is very hard already
2: with yes. Buffalo, with Miami. And, you know, we can't count out New England the way that we would like to. But, you know, and you're in the AFC, which is a gauntlet within itself. So he's definitely feeling himself, but I can understand it, right? Like I understand him having the weapons that he has, him having the defense that he has. He has his coach Nathaniel Hackett with him, which is a guy that he really respects and, and likes to work with. So I understand him feeling himself a little bit this is some new life he got going on you know NFL life you know sometimes I tell people I'm on my fourth or fifth regular life this is his second NFL life so maybe he's feeling something in his new NFL life right but um you better do something you better you not even not even just make the playoffs you better at least get to the divisional round with all this talking that you got going on because you're Mm -hmm. getting real snazzy with the schnoz Aaron.
1: Well look, he ain't the only one talking a lot so we keep talking some football but we're going to take it to college <laughs> we will be right back Stay, stick with us
0: Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mick crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: Well, it is finally time. It is finally time to see Dion Sanders' debut as a new coach. And... Um, he's been talking a lot he's been talking a lot so we have to see what the colorado Buffaloes are going to do but they play tomorrow this weekend um and there's been a lot of hype around them and largely it's because of dion so rita you know prime you you already know how prime gets down he is always talking he is always talking um (laughs) <laughs> and 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 leading up even leading up into you know this this matchup with um TCU it's just um you know he's getting into like back and forths with reporters and people in the media and look I get it I get it cuz like there's a lot of questions being asked about him his team is being criticized before they step out on the field and do anything but you know there's just been a lot going on you know so you know there you know there was an espn reporter who said you know this may be the worst team <laughs> Essentially, <college> football, right <laughs> this may be the worst too and i know you i know you have some thoughts which i'll let you speak on in terms of their schedule and 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 how many games they may potentially win, but you know Tom, you know said you thought UMass was the worst roster in college football. It may be Colorado, and uh, D De- took some offense to that. And so then Dion replied, you know Dion replied, and he's like, well, have you seen our team? Like what? Like what? What is this based on? You know, so, and I get that. I mean, if someone said that about my squad too, I'd probably respond and get, fe- you know, feisty too, Rita. Sure. Um, I mean, like, yeah. Well, you I mean, do to touch your guys, right? You do. And like, look, Colorado didn't have a great season last year, right? But what's interesting for this season is, you know, because, you know, everyone is making use of the transfer portal and he just brought in over 50 transfers it's it's a turnover it's a turnover like none other that we've ever seen before in in college football and so to me you know like urban meyer i think said he saw the team and was like oh they look pretty good to me i think it's like if it was me i would want to just like kind of maybe sit back and wait and see what happens right but that's me but others don't want to do that, and that's fine. That's their right too. And so I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, it's very rare that I'm sticking up for Deion Sanders, but I do think some of this criticism is because it's Deion Sanders, right? Like, um, but maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. Because how can you really know how badly this roster is or how poorly they're constructed if it's so many transfers and and we we haven't seen them together. So I'm gonna stop and leave it there because Dawn Montgomery has joined us and I'm excited for you to be a part of this conversation with us. I know Deion Sanders is your favorite person, but he's catching a lot of heat right now. So I wanna hear <laughs> from both of you, what do you think some of that's about? And is it is it fair? He, 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 so you kinda embellish, you, you embellish there a little bit. He is not my I favorite that, person. <laughs> I thought people sense the sarcasm. <laughs> I thought that, that yes. was sarcasm. I thought that. Yeah, that, I mean, I thought sarcastically, that. sarcastically. Sarcastically. Yes, you know? yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But, but honestly, you know, I'm with you. I hate that I have to side with him at this point because you have to give him an opportunity to kind of show and prove. I mean, the, the bar is technically low at this point for Colorado. I'm sorry. I have to be the person to say that. They're coming off of a 1-11 season. And technically, when they were winning, it was like around four games. And the head coach was fired at that time. So um, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's different and it's not something that, that, that college football is used to. But I think a, what, one thing that he has always stood out in doing is doing his own thing. And if his own thing means that it's going to create a winning season for them in Colorado, then as far as I'm concerned, I just feel like people should just sit back and watch and wait understand yeah, the I mean,
2: logic behind that, you know. I, I definitely think that you do have to wait. Um it just I think what's going on is is that everybody's looking at what's happening up until now and saying, Okay, I don't think that this is going to be what we think him dismissing all of those players and all of these transfers. And then when you start looking at the schedule, because I know the Pac-12 is done. I know that they're about to be deceased in a year, but they still are constructed with a lot of good teams. So they're playing USC, UCLA with Chip Kelly. You still got Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. It's very hard. Oh, by the way, they play TCU who was just in a national championship last year. Exactly. It's very hard to look at the schedule and be like where is he getting anything more than four wins now what you can say is is that four wins is better than one it's a 75 percent increase of what they lost what they won last year and you'd be right right so like don said the the level is low in terms of what your expectations are but to me that's more a reason why dion should say less and just put his head down do the work and when your players if they overachieve Overachieve, and if they start being what we did not see them to be then you can come back and say see this is why y'all need to be quiet but he can't help himself because there's always prime and neon Dion deep down inside of Dion Sanders he just can't help himself so he has to talk and say things and now we're having conversations about things that he says as opposed to the program in which he's coaching and that's the issue
1: yeah I mean, but look this is this is what they signed up for, right? I mean, if you even looked at like the promo schedule, it had him on there. I mean, they're getting this attention. they're getting the spotlight shine, you know, sh- it's shining bright on them because of him. So this is this is this is what you sign up for. Um, you know I-, I think a valid question is, you know, what does that mean when you sort of turn over a squad like that? Not that many remain you know, players remaining from the previous, you know, team and just in general, when you bring mm-hmm. a bunch of new people together, I think it's valid mm-hmm. to sort of ask how are you gonna build a culture? Like how are you gonna bring these people together? Mm-hmm. But do you mm-hmm. seem to take We, we can't we
2: can't use that word. Yeah.
1: God forbid. It was very <laughs> triggering for him. Why did yeah. so so I think he's still carrying over that energy that he's had that, I mean the way he left Jackson State let's just be honest that's still on him like even his daughter had something to say after Jackson State won against you know South Carolina State shots out to T.C. Taylor over there um, but in my opinion, in this moment, what that says is he's actually rebuilding, right? In so many conferences, press conferences we've heard from coaches, whenever they're either taking on a job or they're actually you know growing through like a hard loss or a tough season, they're always saying that's a rebuilding, but they have some of the same players. you never really see people coming over from the transfer portal. I just feel like he was, he's somebody who's utilizing that. And kind of taking advantage of it and and really it may have the opportunity to kind of prove that it works for him right well can we get those odds back up because rita you said you don't see more than four wins so i want to (laughs) know are you taking the over uh, you know (laughs) and tell me tell me the four wins that you see but potentially (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, was, yeah. I can't remember, like, once I started
2: looking at the, his, their in-conference schedule, I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. I just don't know where the wins are coming. Because, again, mm-hmm. I know that we're ragging on the Pac-12 because of their demise. But the Pac-12, very good. Co- okay, they play Nebraska. Maybe, no. No, mm-mm, mm-mm,
1: mm-mm. I, I only got two right now that just stand okay. out big time for me, and that's UCLA and uh California. Like, so you're taking me under, okay, John. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking under, but I'm technically giving him at least maybe one or two extra wins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because maybe, maybe it'll be like an any given Saturday type situation, okay. like you know. And that'll add to the to the to the season, the drama of this season. But I'm with I'm with I'm reader here. Like, how? How? Like just give him this season to do what he needs to do. And and the fan base in Colorado, they have to kinda of understand you really should not be expecting this man to come over here and turn everything over around in one season. Like, let's be real. Okay. Okay. Well, so I, I don't know what the fair expectations are, but I think no matter what if this the fair season, expectations like, are to have none that's the fair expectation <laughs> but, there, but there's there's gonna be expectations just because it's prime it's Dion sanders the way that he's done everything so differently so we know that there will be some fallout because of he did the transfers he's so defiant he's prime it's a segment of the population that just wants to see him fail so um we'll see we'll see to to be determined but you know what he left the HBCU, but you know what? I want to talk about HBCUs because there is a big, big, big uh, matchup <laughs> happening tomorrow and that is Tennessee State uh, University versus Notre Dame. So big deal, big deal in college football, big deal in HBCU football. Um on how do you feel about this this game and this matchup? I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this. Now, number one, I'm, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but the prestige of Notre Dame, if you're a college football fan, you understand the significance of just being in this um, stadium, being in this city, being just in this atmosphere. So that the fans are in for a treat just overall. Like, I'm jealous I can't be there. <laughs> you know, let's start there. um But overall... If you look at kind of the the major significance here that I really, really see besides just an HBCU and an FCS team stepping into that stadium, is more so like the only other time that most college football fans see an HBCU team is during the Bayou Classic. And it's generally the same two teams that play in it. So at this point, you're, you're being introduced to a whole nother team, a whole nother band, a whole nother fan base. These people are going to show up, and I just want to make sure that it's just it's just drilled that it's always important to kind of figure out other ways of getting of giving HBCUs um, a bigger stage every single time. Because as far as I'm concerned, with the mex Swag Challenge, I don't feel like ESPN did. I mean, they did them a disservice, you know. During college game day, they didn't even mention it. As far as like who they thought would win, as far as college picks, but we know that Notre Dame. They're gonna talk about Notre Dame. They're going to talk about them playing Tennessee State, so they're going to have to pick a team. But guess what? That gives them even more exposure. And I think that that's one of the things that we've consistently asked for is give us that space, give us that opportunity, and let us show up and show out and do what we do best.
2: I agree, man. man. Like, this is a huge moment for them. I am a number one Notre Dame hater. I know you talked about the prestige. I don't give a damn about none of that. I hate I Notre Dame. Been. I root for them to lose every single time. I don't like anything that they do over there. Rudy is a terrible movie. I don't rock with Notre Dame at all. Okay. So I look forward to these types of events. My favorite part though, Dawn, is going to be the halftime show because what I know Dion the word don't like the word culture but i do and it means a lot um and so people are going to learn on saturday they're gonna learn they're gonna learn some things and it is going to be very interesting how they respond to it um because if you've ever been to Indiana, you know that it's going to be a world of a difference from what Tennessee State looks like. So um, they're going to uh, be brought some to uh, some attention to some things. And I don't see how they won't enjoy that unless you're just a hater. But then again, if you root for Notre Dame, you probably are. So it's that there's that. But I love the just them having the opportunity. Do we think that they're going to beat Notre Dame? No, because we know that Notre Dame recruits is one of the best in the country. They have one of the best programs in in the country, but it does allow these, you know, HBCUs to be put in a spot like, you know, Notre Dame is on NBC every week it allows them to be put in a spotlight that they've never been put in before. Things that, and players that, you know, are playing well, get an opportunity to play in some bright lights that they've never had before. So I am extremely excited about this. I would love to see more of this. We know that the NCAA loves adding quote-unquote cupcake games against top programs. And look, I know in the, people will say, well, don't bring in HBCUs for that. Don't try to beat up the little man. But my take on that is, is that it they earn Money for the program, which is always a big thing, and two, they get the opportunity to, for the exposure. Why would I not want my program to be a part of that?
1: Correct. Right. And then if we gonna be, if I'm gonna be 100 and be a true fan, right now, we, let's talk about how we got two black head coaches all That's right right. in that stadium which has never happened ever before. Okay. Like, this is history <laughs> in the making. And both of them fine, you know what I'm saying? You got Marcus Fine Freeman on one sideline, and you got Annie <laughs> oh, Fine George on the other oh. side. So, I'm, so we're, we're, we're winning. We are all winning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am joining Rita's bandwagon. Um, I really don't hate Notre Dame, but for this game, I'm going to hate them because as y'all can see in my feed, I I, I need, I don't know how, but I need TSE, T, TSU, I'm sorry, to pull off the upset for the culture, okay? So we got the band and then I need the win for the culture, okay? What did Easter Ray say? Look, I get that there's other, you know, Of us involved over on Notre Dame, but for purposes of this weekend, I'm rooting for Issa. Well, Issa rest. Issa raised that. If you know, you know. (laughs) Everybody black. Marcus Marcus makes it. Freeman makes it less.
2: Freeman makes it harder for me to hate them so much, but that's the thing. Look, once he's gone,
1: then I'm back to hating 110%, baby. So now it's (laughs) (laughs) 99.9. Listen, Dawn, we cannot let you come here and let you go Mm -hmm. without touching Mm -hmm. our beloved Mm WNBA. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get your thoughts and pick your brain quickly because Mm -hmm. I thought this interesting poll that came out um, that ESPN recently did, and look, I think it was only like I think about 34 players. It wasn't that many players, but they ranked. They they basically had them rank um, what they see as the top issues, you know, in the WNBA, and of course, travel was amongst them, and that makes sense. We all know. That they need to get the travel under control for a variety of reasons, you know. And I would even I would tie in security with travel because of what happened with Brittany Griner in the airport, right? And so to me, those sort of go hands in hand. It's it's a player safety thing from purposes of them being on the court. It's a player safety issue, just like you know, recovering their bodies, but it's also a security and safety issue because when they're traveling, you know. <laughs> you know, you have crazy people walking up up to players. So I get why that is the top concern for them. But what was interesting to me is roster, roster spots are at the bottom. And I think often when we think about expansion, it, we're just thinking about, oh, what other new teams are you going to add in other places? But expansion is also possible just by expanding the number of roster spots on the team. And, and both have been discussed and proponents of the WNBA come down in different places on this. Um, some people think, right, we shouldn't be doing any kind of expansion. Some think the expansion should be with roster spots. And some think we should add new teams. But people are somewhat divided on this. But it does seem like the players who are currently playing, they seem to rank expansion low. You know, Kelsey Plum earlier in the season spoke about it, too. And she was not... Um, mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, like, I think there's just other Mm -hmm. things that we need to focus on. And so I found the comments Mm -hmm. interesting. I found the poll interesting, especially in light of the fact that the commissioner just visited Denver and there have been talks Mm -hmm. of expansion, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. this has been the talk, expansion, expansion, Mm -hmm. expansion. And you also recently, you know, had Destiny Henderson. If you know Destiny Henderson, I love Henny. She's a fave. But she's been bouncing around on hardship contracts this year, you know, because she can't get a spot on a team because there's not enough roster spots. And we remember earlier in the season with Alexis Morris criticizing some of the vets who won't leave. Right, she did apologize but saying like you need to go and give up those spots and we don't need these wars between players so i i would say some of these players trying to get in would agree with expansion but what what wh- where do you where do you see this dawn like where do you land on this So, where I land on this is along the lines of where where Kelsey's at. Like, literally, can you focus on the current issues that this league has? Because those particular issues consistently have been a thing. Like, we're not talking just recently because the fan base has grown, but just overall, like, consistently throughout the 25 years of this league, these things have been issues. And so, if you can get that down, then I'm cool. I'm all cool. Especially if you can really tackle Travel. I'm all all for expansion, but one thing about expansion that most people have to understand, yes, there's talks. Yes, they're going to be doing these things, but that's also to not only grow the fan base, but to see where the fan base would be successful if the team comes to that particular city. I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL has been overseas now, you know, a couple of times in a couple of countries. And so they're growing the fan base that way. Um, I see this as an opportunity for the WNBA to try to figure out the other ways of making money. But if you don't get the, these travel issues taken care of, if you don't handle, you know, how many roster spots most people can get, which could actually be beneficial towards the team expansion. I just feel like these, these players are just going to be frustrated because if there's long layovers, if there's issues getting to a game, if games are ended like being up canceled and things like that, like there's other things we could be talking about, but this one thing, and then two, if, if we if we're gonna be 100, I've always been an advocate about trying to figure out how to increase the salaries for these players. Where's the money? like, okay, you want to expand, but that's going to cost money to do. So if that's going to cost money to do, can you put it in the very things that these players are telling you that they need? And that's the frustration that I really have with this commissioner. She consistently keeps missing the mark. She consistently keeps ignoring some of the things that the fans are saying. Or if she hears it, it's like, "Uh, well, we are doing this. Girl, we don't know because the league office isn't really keeping us updated on every single thing that they're deciding to do or work on and they're not really being fully transparent so in this moment when I see you have this grand old party in Denver Colorado you know what I'm saying having a grand old time how much did it cost you to do that because was there any travel issues with any previous teams to where maybe some money could have went towards that as far as like security and all of those things like you, you see how I'm thinking as like okay we're gonna keep this business minded, and I'm, I'm removing my fan my fan, my fanatic, my, my, my fan freedom and all of the things, then I'm like, okay, from a business standpoint, none of this makes sense. None of it. I'm guessing Kathy's counter is going to be like, if we expand, it brings in more revenue and money. I'm sorry, Rita, go ahead.
2: No, but, and, and so, yeah, that makes sense. But ultimately what, this is like a chicken and an egg type of situation. Do you, what, like Don said that sounds like that's more money that you're outputting when there's issues that you need to resolve before then and I love the suggestion that Don made talking about the NFL going overseas and maybe there's ways in order to do that maybe go to cities like Denver that don't have teams and do like games there and, and start to see how you get the feel of it there but like just automatically saying oh let's put an expansion here when you're having players say look we have some problems with travel and contracts and all this other stuff fix those things first then you can talk about expansion
1: yeah you know it's, it's I think it's a it's a challenging issue um but I do think the league is going to move towards expansion anyway so it'll we'll, we'll have to watch and see Dawn thank you so much for joining us as always we love having you we will have you back Not again a problem. love y'all
2: <laughs> see you Donnie have you ever brought your magic to Walt
1: Disney World like hey we came to play
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Oh,
1: my gosh, look at that. It's such an amazing picture. Wednesday Beautiful. night. Wednesday night we were just having a ball on Twitter. Women, we were um <laughs> we were we were having a good time, Rita, because Nebraska volleyball, they set an incredible incredible world record over 90,000 plus seats filled, tickets sold, and it happened in a very short period of time, 92,003. World record most most attendance ever at a women's sporting event. I mean, yep. it's it's incredible. It's an it, it was an incredible spectacle, and I don't mean that in a negative way. To watch and and see, and um, it was great. We were popping our collars, <laughs> you know, on Wednesday night, um, because you know, sports in general is a space where people try to tell us we don't belong, whether it's playing, whether it's covering, you know, and for a woman's sporting event to to um have this kind of turnout and impact. It's incredible. What did they say? If you build it, if you build it, there you go. And and this is just a continuing trend. We've seen it with the WNBA. We have seen it. Attendance is increasing. TV ratings are increasing. We saw it with the the college tourney for women's basketball, right? Like people do absolutely care and are passionate about women's sports.
2: Absolutely. I mean, Angel Reese is everywhere, right? And so to see that women's sports is just trending up is a great thing to see. And like I told someone uh, not too long ago, if if people started separating and viewing women's sports as what they are and don't compare it to men's sports, you will enjoy it so much better. No one is trying to be men. They're trying to be women, but they're doing things that they love. And that's the difference. That's the problem is that you're not allowing you yourself to see it as women women's sports. You're trying to make it to be comparing themselves to men's sports, and that's not what's going on. They're doing the same thing, the things that they love to do, and when you start to lo- look at it that way, I feel like you can make it more enjoyable because you don't feel like that there's something that you need to compare, and so I want to shout out my homegirl, Chanel Bird. She does a thing, and she, she talks about women winning every single week, and she she shouts out these women, and she definitely shouts out sports women as well. I think it's really important for us to acknowledge how much the women's sports are growing and will continue to grow over the years it's beautiful to see
1: exactly and we are unapologetic about it okay absolutely period Period.
2: with a t period
0: (laughs) friday kingdom of the planet of the apes is coming to imax and theaters everywhere
1: what a lovely Ladies First Friday. Thank you for joining me, Rita. And just to let y'all know, we will be back next week, every day starting. Not Monday because it's a holiday, but every day going forward. Have a great weekend, y'all.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.